Dial 420. Wow. On our Zoom recorder. Okay. It's going to be a magical episode. Aren't they all? Do you have any magic planned? I would like to start this episode off with a really important fun fact. Oh. It's an important fact. Okay. It's about Darla. She was a white toy poodle. She's the most famous poodle. I think she's the most successful poodle in our lifetime. What? Where did her success lead lead her? What does it mean to be a successful poodle? She she was the poodle in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Uh Uh-huh. She was the poodle in The Burbs. Mm -hmm. She was the poodle. She's precious in Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Yeah. And she's also that poodle that is in Batman Returns. Okay. You know, that that lady with the... Doesn't she like... She holds... She has a little poodle. Yeah, that sounds right. That's a successful poodle. You don't see a poodle that much, typically. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, to have such a long career and such a short life. How was the, how short was the life? She only lived to be seven, which I think is wow. really rare because she's little poodle. She was toy poodle. Right. You know what? Is she a poodle? Double check. She kind of looks like a Maltese to me. Okay. <laughs> she's got curly hair. Yeah. But they do, right? I, no, Bichon Freeze. I'm thinking Bichon Freeze. I wonder how much she got paid for those. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if she was paid less than Beethoven. (laughs) That would be interesting disparity in (laughs) dog actors. Yeah, (laughs) paychecks. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. She lived to be 16 or 17. Okay. She was born in 1975. Was she a poodle? No, she was Bichon Freeze. I called it. (laughs) After you had called it the other way, but sure. Well, because she played all these poodles. Yeah, she played poodles. Were they specifically like, give me my poodle? Her credit is Pink Poodle. Pink Poodle. And Ratty Poodle. Wow. Yeah, that's the credit that she has in those movies. In Silence of the Lambs, obviously. I wouldn't have a thing about these poodles. (laughs) Where they were like representation. Like, you can't be a Bichon. And play a poodle. You can't do that. Donna's and they were the all on Emma Twitter. Stone of poodles. Totally. Bichon freezes. Yeah, she's like, I could play a tree. I could play a fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> Those are really big movies. Culturally significant. We, we, we were misled about poodles. That's that's a big deal to me. You tell <laughs> me a poodle and it's not a poodle. Now I'm confused. It was like when I first saw when I first saw a real great white shark after seeing Jaws, I was like, it doesn't look like that. <laughs> I beg to differ. I've seen Jaws like five times. <laughs> <laughs> really fucked me up. So which is, I mean, I feel like most of these facts are definitely fun, but which is the fun fact? Oh, that, that she, she was had, so famous. That she, okay. It was the same dog in all those big roles. Right. You know? Right. Same dog, big roles. <laughs> <laughs> she died in Thousand Oaks. She must have made a good living. I can't stop chewing this gum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Well, you're not supposed to when <laughs> no, you're chewing. No, I can't help it. <laughs> Did you want to swallow uh, it? Fine. Or spit it out? Spit oh, out. okay. What kind is it? Just orbit peppermint. It's oh. what I like. You know, I, I'm peppermint over spearmint. I'm lemon over lime. I'm flat water over fizzy. Really, it's so basic that no one does it. And that the non-basic choice, the lime, your limes, your seltzers, your spearmints. I don't like seltzer. Me neither. Always flat. I yeah. feel like a lot of people just assume. Why do assume, you need the bubble? I don't know. People need, need excitement in their water or something, but I really respect water for what it is. I just, I want to chug it and I feel like you can't exactly. chug it. Exactly. You seltzer. can't touch it. And it's, to me, seltzer is not refreshing. It like 
pinpricks in the back of your throat when you're trying to like really get it on with Not, it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The only um, carbonation I like is orange soda and Shirley Temples. I don't really drink soda because I don't take in caffeine, but like sometimes like I did actually have a Shirley Temple this weekend. Um, does Sprite no caffeine. have caffeine in it? No. Orange soda does not. Right. I have a funny clip. Okay. I have a few clips, really. <laughs> this made me think of you. I've been um, researching Tori Amos's Boys for Pele period for a project that I'm working on. Okay. It's really weird. It's a crazy video because it's just like one student after another asking her questions for like an hour. And she just, you know, does her like weird fairy dust answers to everything. You know, it's almost like a stand-up comedy routine. Like Tori Amos is Tori like a Amos. Parody. Yeah. It was at UCLA, Course in Creativity, 1995. So it was as she was making Boys for Pele. For many reasons. It's like, have you ever um, imagined just standing there and your cells are exploding like somebody screaming <laughs> so loud at you? <laughs> she's doing like a seizure she's doing like, uh, and then you could oh my god cool. <laughs> but you know where do you find your voice where do you this seems like stand up so that you can really get there and not feel like you're going to get annihilated not necessarily by another person because you're 20 or I feel whatever, like I'm watching Reno 91. <laughs> but it's that thing in your mind that has hold on you. It's like this barbed wire fence around your emotional being. <laughs> she was doing these like body motions that were stiff and like kind of seizure-like, and but also like when Donald Trump was pretending he's kind of making fun of a uh, disabled it was a little like that it was, yes it was, a little too close to that little, yes it was but she was talking about kind of a, a seizure kind of event or something when your similar. cells are exploding <laughs> have you ever imagined <laughs> no lady she does that a lot she does that a lot wait a second here's one too from a from the radio that whole idea of you know when you're crawling to a telephone that isn't ringing no you know that one <laughs> Well, um, you crawl I was in a state after my separation no. from, from a soulmate. You know that one? It sounds like when someone's space. like in like a haunted house, <laughs> you know, or like being held captive and they have to like slink across um, the room because they're like tied up to a phone. That's I mean, what I imagine when I imagine that. I think she's talking about when she said malaria, you know, that song's about like viewing a relationship as like a mild cold. Okay. That's kind of like what it's about, I think. Um, and so I think what she means, malaria, like, oh, it actually turned out to be more than I thought. Because the whole album is about her breakup. You know, I'm having a little Tory moment. I started watching the Supermodels thing on Apple. Yeah, what'd you think? Well, I mean, I finished it. I liked it a lot. I thought for a second they weren't going to cover Cindy's acting. Oh, right, right. There's but a lot of did. stuff where I'm like, oh, why aren't they talking about this? Including the beauty myth stuff. I mean, it is ridiculous. They should all be made to say how they feel about affecting beauty standards in yes, a line. And there's like a the, quote from like Linda or something. And then Isaac Mizrahi ends that. Isaac um, Mizrahi ends like, with a man. Powerful. Yeah. He's Talking like, about how high heels are powerful. How, high heels are powerful. And that's what we think. So da da da. It's it, just like. In, not powerful. I will say this as a person that is, you know. <laughs> it's just like in Top Model when John Silverman is like, <laughs> so she probably doesn't have anorexia. Yeah. And that's the last we heard about Elisa's eating disorder. 
a man. Yeah, just having a man come up with it and yeah, and, totally. and put the button on that. <laughs> but like, I they should have said more about that, like, because that was such a huge thing. And I don't, I don't even think it's just because like I was so affected by it, and at that exact time, like that's when I was you know, coming of age and I have right. had body issues my entire life Yeah, and issues with you know, the amount of money that I spend on procedures <laughs> to not be ugly. I mean, I could guess, you know, it's a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. They should have talked more about that stuff, but there, I, there were a lot of parts that I really liked mm -hmm, and me I too. liked, um, you know, I just, I like, I, you know, I never knew that they were as close as they were. Me neither. But there was especially not Cindy so much, it seemed like, because there was the, the Trinity. Three, because the other three went to really high fashion and Cindy went more mainstream. Right. And so the the documentary, in case you haven't seen it, even though it's by now old, uh, Linda Evangelista and Naomi oh, Campbell. Or the supermodels. The supermodels. But it's like a space between super and models. Yeah. Uh, why like, is that? Because they're like calling them super too. I don't know. I, I don't really know. So it's Linda, Naomi, Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, Christy Turlington, and Cindy Crawford. And Christy, Cindy, I'm sorry, <laughs> Christy, Linda, and Naomi were the, called the Trinity. Yeah, they were very the, close. The they British were in everything press. together. They were always hanging out together. Yeah, they, Christy and Naomi used to live together, which I didn't know. Uh-huh. They actually seem very close. Christy seems like the sort of glue between all of them, it seems like, mm -hmm. right? The thing that I was really shocked about was that how meek Linda Evangelista seemed like mm -hmm. her shit that's happened with the cool sculpting mm -hmm. has been like, that's really like completely changed her as a person. Seems like it. So these... do you believe it now? Yes. Now Remember I you were, it. we were kind of, well, on they the showed fence pictures it. of it. They showed, yeah, that was in people too. The pictures were? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, yeah. that. But in any event. Yeah, no, she's, it, it like I th really, I it. Yeah. really affected her, like her, her tone of her voice yeah was so thin yeah and just so like you could hear her lack of confidence it's crazy yeah. because she always to me seemed like second bitch in charge after naomi like she was uh. the one that was like in command of her life and you know was saying i don't give out of bed for less than ten thousand dollars a day and like you know always asking people that she works with am i difficult <laughs> you know she always asks that so you know she kind of was of course and i mean i watched they, they show the clips from unzipped when she's and you know what to be fair the, watching unzipped which is a 1995 documentary fo that follows this season of isaac mizrahi and they were all yeah modeling for him fashion week yeah um after he had had like a flop yeah so he had to come back there were like stakes and stuff and he's hanging out with Sandra Bernhard and it's an amazing movie. Like it's he bases just, it on the nook of the North. Right. It's the just the first documentary ever made. One of those like uh, queer 90s docs yeah. like it to me. I, I do file it next to Truth or Dare right. and Paris is Burning in a certain way. Yes. And Linda is like really complaining about the camera and get it out of my face. But then in this, they kind of give like, context. They were, they, yeah, they were always filming us when we were taking our clothes yeah, off. Yeah, just it's constantly. Like, just constantly. And it's not fair. Like backstage is backstage. And all of a sudden, it's because yeah. it was some kind of change where they were one day allowed to do this. The photographers were all of a sudden allowed to do that well, and doing it all the time. They became, I think it was because they became entertainment. Yeah. Like they became these big celebrities, which they weren't really before. Yeah. And the shows became like shows and, and theatric, uh, theatrical the way that they weren't before. They used to just be like in a room for buyers yeah, yeah, and yeah, editors. Yeah. yeah. And um, now it's, it, yeah, it's a stage it really, show. Yeah. It really changed around that time. Uh huh. And or with them ushering in, you know, walking like that. And so 
they were featured on E, you know, it was like yeah. the pro- proliferation of cable television. So there was like all these shows and suddenly there were just shows about models and there were shows about fashion that there weren't really before. Also, the British press was all over them. Yeah. Just in their whole celebrity worshiping way. Right. And then, you know, Cindy Crawford married a really famous guy, famous yeah. actor. So Richard Gere, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that like that was part of it, but it was still so fucked up. To like go back, it's not like going backstage at a rock concert. You're yeah, like yeah. Going yeah. backstage at like a place where there's literally naked women. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy that it was allowed, and it made so much more sense to see Linda being like, "Get that camera out of my face." Right. They were so sick of it by then. Whether you were they were being filmed nude or not, it was just like enough. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and they certainly. I mean, could it not really have... endeared me to all of them. Me too. And I really liked their closeness and yeah. how they were friends and because especially because you heard so such different things like you know because naomi they really glossed over they her. gloss over i mean do they mention the phone they don't they like kind of implied something but they didn't they, they never said that she threw her phone right they never said she threw it at a person yeah like they never said that she had multiple tem- temper tantrums in on planes and on flights for quite a while yeah they didn't mention the diamonds thing right um <laughs> and they really were very short on her drug abuse yes they're well they're all executive producers so you're getting the official story and they clearly had some kind of approval over that well they probably they probably didn't have final cut but they probably had uh like cut approvals like Mm -hmm. you know um like like uh giving notes right 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 right. there's something that linda evangelista said and i recorded that i really related to okay I really believe gay culture and the drag community helped me flourish. Wait, what's the deal with that Tatiana Patiz? How did she die? Or I don't she know. Died recently. She died recently. I think she died this year, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did in She's January. in the Freedom video, right? She was in the, that original, she was on the original cover where it's the five models. I always thought it was Helena Christensen, but it's this girl. When it, when it was like, it was the British Vogue oh, yeah, yeah, issue, yeah, yeah. and it was like that's when. Yes, it was like they were defined as these supermodels. And what, and like, isn't what, she in the Freedom video too? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's yeah. and she's in all the shows with them and stuff. But I just never really like. She has. She's kind of. She was never obviously one of the Trinity, and she was just never kind of covered. You know. Yeah. Well, she's German, so I think maybe that's why. I see. Well, but there, Claudia Schiffer was too. I so for me, like I understand why they picked those four. Honestly, they probably could have just done it about the Trinity, but it does make sense that they put Cindy Crawford in, just especially because of House of Style. She had breast cancer. Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. At age 56. Well, I wish that they had talked about that because they talked about Linda Evangelista's yeah, breast Linda. cancer. Yeah. I just like feel really bad for her that me she too. just she's gone feels through like, a lot. I know she's married to that asshole that turned out to be like the Harvey Weinstein of the fashion industry. Yeah. But they're unable to prosecute him because of statute, statute of limitations. limitations. But he yeah. like raped like so many women and so many underage women allegedly like, but when it's allegedly, that many yeah but and then linda alleged that he used to beat her right but they like barely mentioned helena christensen and to me yeah. she always was part of that right am i thinking that wrong i don't know i mean she seemed to be all, often mentioned yeah but I don't, I don't know but in retrospect they certainly haven't you see them less although you see chrissy turlington very little i feel like these days Naomi still works and Linda's Naomi, been having this story. I mean, Naomi's on a, um, Victoria's on a billboard, Secret, right? Um, no, for, uh, it's a fast fashion brand and it's like totally for thoughts, pretty little things. That's what it's called. Oh, isn't that her brand? 
No, she's just oh, that's doing. Not? No, oh, no, I thought no, it was no. her brand. No, no, no. It's a really, it's a fast fashion brand, and they uh. partner with different celebrities. This is like their most high profile person. Like before, it was like Larsa Pippen, uh-huh. and then they'll do. It's almost like how you know someone uh, partners with Target, and then they do a line with them. Wait, she did do a collection with them. That's what I'm saying. They like partner with them and they'll do a collection. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, got Like it. Isaac right. Mizrahi for Target or, got it. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marnie for Target. I see. Did you um, see Lil Tay's music video? Sucker for Green? No, I did see that it came out. This, they were playing us all. Yeah. They were do, They were all, it's, they were playing us all. The, the, I think a lot of them. Do you want to see all it? All of them together. They were you, all working together. You know, she's like sexy in this. No, let's see it. I didn't know that. I mean, she's sexy. She is going for a kind of, I mean, she's obviously underage, like. She's 14. She is, she, there's, there's something where she's doing a provocative thing. I think she's a little young to be doing that. And I think that this is, this is more bad news for Lil Tay. Not, not maybe her fault. I don't know. She, it can't be her fault. She's 14. It's true. Like she, her brother has been. Do you think he's still pulling the strings? absolutely i don't think this is like a crazy my point is that this is to me a crazy thing for a 14 year old to be doing after all that she's been through i think that wow okay okay wait no she's 14 nuts she's walking with like in like boots and like she's wearing like she's wearing basically a bra and large underwear yeah and is like slinking around. She wearing a fake ass. She wearing a fake ass. There's no way this is her voice. I have no idea what her ass is like. I mean, the song's not good enough for this. No, this is not. If the song was good enough. If the song is good, like, you know, how Bad Baby can kind of get away with the things that she's done because the stuff she makes is, like, kind of good. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. Better it, than you're expecting. Right. This is, like, what I... This is about where I would be expecting. She's, like, giving, like, a good, like, kind of pageant performance. Yes, like, but she's not a pop star. She's not a pop she star, but, it. like, she's... She's better... She's better than, like, if she wasn't at all invested in this. You right, know what I mean? sure. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's trying and yeah. she's she understands the form to a certain degree, but she's totally mediocre about it. Yeah, she is. She she's only competent, let's say. Yes. And I don't think this is her voice. Well the voice is definitely treated so it's much treated, that yeah. But like it's still Yeah. I just can't look away from it. I want This is like what we sound like when Jamie auto tuned us on Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to Priscilla Presley's book, Elvis and Me. Okay. Because I, in advance of seeing the movie. Right. How, and How did you like the movie? I didn't like the movie. Okay. I think it's backlit, firstly. I think she did the same thing that she did with The Beguiled and just decided not to light it. So mm-hmm. it's so washed out and murky that immediately it's just like not eye candy. I mean, there are a lot of, I had a lot of issues with her sanitizing Elvis. Like, Oh, she there, does? I mean, there are events in the book where Priscilla Presley... I should actually read it because the the most egregious thing, and I know this is complicated, but Priscilla Presley alleges that Elvis raped her and she doesn't say rape. She doesn't say the word rape, but she says forcefully. I can read you the exact. Well, I uh, mean, I can just tell you right now that like he at least statutorily raped her. Well, uh, well, 
it's alleged that they never had sex until they were married. But then again, she also says in the book, and this isn't talked about in the movie either. This is another example of she totally sanitizes the story. Priscilla talks about, and it's also kind of murky in the book. You never know quite how old she is after she says it, but she's like, this is around when she was still in school. She says something to the effect of he taught me how to please him in other ways. So it seems like a, I'm not going to stick my dick in your vagina, but But I'll put it in your mouth. But it's still, that's still. Exactly. I'll read you the passage and then I'll tell you what happens in the movie. This this seemed to be a precipitating... This is what precipitated their breakup. This was in Vegas and he said, have Priscilla come back up. They were living alone. They were living apart from each other at that point. I went upstairs filled with curiosity and when I arrived in the suite, I found Elvis lying in bed, obviously waiting for me. He grabbed me and forcefully made love to me. It was uncomfortable and unlike any other time he'd ever made love to me before... And he explained, this is how a real man makes love to his woman. This was not the gentle, understanding man that I grew to love. He was under the influence, and with my personal growth and my new realities, he had become a stranger to me. I wept in silence as Elvis got up to dress for the show. That to me sounds like rape. It's weird that she calls it make love. Does make It is love weird. Forcefully. Make love forcefully. So in the movie, what happens is he comes up, she, she comes up to his room, he basically jumps on top of her, and I was like, I want to show you how a real man makes love to his woman, mm-hmm. gets up immediately, goes to the bathroom as she's kind of like sitting there. And that's how, the, that's how it's portrayed in the movie. Where? Yeah. And I just feel like I understand why you wouldn't want to put rape on screen, especially as a woman director. I know people are very sensitive about this, but I think that that has at least a secondhand effect of making Elvis seem not like the shithead that he was. Another example, he she's he's like playing demos and she's like, uh, I don't really like them. And he throws a chair at the wall. And in the book, she alleges that that caused a record then to pop up and hit her in the head. Mm-hmm. That's what she says happens. Nothing. She's not injured at all in that scene in the movie. So who wait, who played her and who played Elvis? So Elvis is Jacob Elordi. Oh, I love him. I think he's a good Elvis and he's sexy and, and you get it. And she is Kaylee Spaney. Kaylee Spaney, you may know from The Craft Legacy, Pacific Rim Uprising, Bad Times of the El Royale. No. Yeah, I hadn't, I don't know that I know her before this movie. Uh, it, she doesn't have a lot of film work under her belt. She was in Mare of Easttown as Aaron McMenamin. What? Do you remember Aaron McMenamin? Who's Aaron McMenamin? From Mare of Easttown. Aaron McMenamin. Yeah. Don't you remember just McMenamin? They said Mer- they said McMenamin like twelve times that right. episode on Mare of Easttown. It's always Wait, like so McMenamin. Who was McMenamin. She, she was Aaron McMenamin. McMenamin. Was that the daughter? I think Aaron McMenamin was the girl that got killed, right? A teenage single mother who was treated badly right. by her ex-boyfriend. Okay. So it's a really blank performance, and she's obviously has to like kind of like put on a front in order to stay in this relationship, and that's part of the point. And I understand even if that was the reality, but the difference between watching this movie and reading this book is that while this is happening, at least you're getting a sense of internal life from the narrator. Even though she makes unwise decisions, but you can hardly blame her because she was basically pulled out of her life at age 14. And then, I mean, groomed like a guy came up to her in the soda shop and was 14. like, you want to go to this party? And he immediately paid attention to her too. And the, the, the fact that her parents allowed that. I mean, they, you know, 
put up some resistance, but not enough. They ultimately allowed it. And we're like, fine. It's kind of like it reminds me of Michael Jackson. Mm. It reminds me of like, he's just too big to fail. He's too big to say no to. Mm -hmm. And people are so entranced by the celebrity that it's like anyone. Duh. Mm -hmm. And I remember the Priscilla Presley understanding the story to be like that as a kid, as little as I did. I never understood how young she was. And I thought like, oh, it's like American princess, every woman's dream. That's how it was presented to me in the 80s. I remember because I watched a TV movie and I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But they did say. I knew that she was in high school, at least. And I remember thinking at the time, like her parents allowed that. Yeah. But I didn't know it was 14. I just assumed it was like 17. Right, right, you know? right. Like yeah. that she was like almost legal. But I didn't really. I mean, I know Great Balls of Fire, you know, the the the, the Dennis Quaid starring mm-hmm. Jerry Lee Lewis biopic. Um, you know, portrays him marrying his, was she 13? 13. 13 year old cousin. cousin. I remember thinking that the weird thing in that movie is that he married his cousin. Right. <laughs> it, because I did not get the sense that it, she that their love. She was Winona Ryder. It was Winona Ryder, but also that there was anything really that wrong with it. Like I was like, no, they're in love. Leave mm-hmm. them alone. You <laughs> no, know? I remember being like, ew. I mean, fair. That's his cousin. But I don't feel like it was like, all I'm saying is if you didn't, have that naturally to look at it kind of becomes normalized Mm -hmm. i felt like it was normalized in a way and i had a little bit to unlearn there i know exactly and the the problem with this movie is that it just tries to do too much it does from the time that she's with elvis to the time that she's without and it should have been a way closer survey of a few days or a period or something and so it just falls into that biopic trap and it's and i know that priscilla Presley is ambivalent about it because she ends the last after all she describes after all she describes. Let me read you the last the last thing she writes in this book. I don't think anyone can begin to capture the magic, sensitivity, vulnerability, charm, generosity and greatness of this man who influenced and contributed so much to our culture through his art and music. I did not intend to accomplish such a feat just to tell a story. Elvis was a giving soul who touched and gave happiness to millions all over the world and continues to be respected and loved by his peers. He was a man, a very special man. So the book is ambivalent too, but it's... Well, the thing is is that Priscilla really took the reins. I think she was the executor of the will or something, Mm -hmm. or she was in charge of the trust for Lisa Marie. Uh And Elvis was like not worth anything when he died. He like was broke basically. And, and, you know, he didn't have like the rights to a lot of his music or whatever. Well, he didn't write a lot of it, too. Yeah. And he and basically he so he just made money off of like his live performances. Yeah. Which is why he kept having to do Vegas. Right. And um, so she really took him his image in the same way that whoever runs Marilyn Monroe's estate has taken her image and made it like way more iconic than it ever was. And, you know, built, you know, a whole like lore around him and, you know, the the tours of Graceland like she really did it the mm-hmm. way that she put it all together mm-hmm. and I think she can't shit on him because that would shit on the legacy of this corporation that she's basically created yeah but she also seems to be genuinely ambivalent yeah especially because she you know she she co-signed on this and apparently I mean the producer said I mean who knows what her actual reaction was but her producer said that she cried when she saw it and she loves it mm. and she did show up at was it can or Toronto. I mean, if they they were Venice, optioning maybe? her book, so yeah, no, absolutely. It's another thing where she's making money on it. But so. there are plenty of people who don't do that after they see the finished result of the optioning of their book. So it's yeah, some kind of clue. She probably makes money on the back end. I feel like 
Yeah, but the, I'm, I'm just saying that she's ambivalent. Like it's not. She's a Scientologist. Yeah. So I okay. feel like she's just there's. I just don't completely trust them. Uh huh. You know what I mean? I get it. Like I think that like they're they're very mercenary. Yeah. And cheap as well, and they're very celebrity focused. Well, I guess they lost Lisa Marie, but they have her still. She, the, she never talks about being a Scientologist either. Interesting. What I wanted to point out, though, is that she laughs throughout her book. Oh, she does? Constantly. Constantly she laughs at what she wrote. Can you see that? <laughs> Sounds like us. <laughs> Elvis had painstakingly created. I flew to Connecticut and my expectations were correct. My parents were again so shocked when they saw me that they could barely speak. Later, my father told me that under all that makeup, my eyes look like two piss holes in the snow. <laughs> the rest of the weekend. <laughs> she must have recorded this like well after the point, well after the fact, because I think she published this book in, I think, 85. Anyway, pretty good book. Disappointing movie to me. And uh, she did have a crazy life, you know, yeah. you know, and the book has enough, enough mundanity to feel like it's real, you know, because not she sat yeah. around a lot, you know, yeah, and she true. doesn't really make any bones about that. You Did know? she talk about the karate instructor? She he's mentioned he's in the movie, but that's it. Basically, right. like she's like because the movie has so much ground to 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 capture. She basically is like, I want to have a separation. And then the next scene is her in L.A. And then a scene after that is her doing karate. And then she visits <laughs> him uh, in Vegas and he doesn't rape her even though she alleges he did and then she's like that's it I'm leaving and that's it and that's the whole movie so it's just like seeing the karate instructor and I think they're eating together at one point okay. and and it, it just it just moves so fast and a whole bunch of nothing happens and it sanitizes all else hmm. very strange disappointment because I love Sofia Coppola right she's had some clunkers she has had some clunkers she can't do everything and right. this should have been like Jackie this should like, have been a very close, you know, a very close inspection. By the way, I saw another Natalie Portman movie in front of you. <laughs> May, December, the Todd Haynes movie. With okay, is it good? Julianne Moore plays a Mary Kay Letourneau-like person <gasps> who's still with her husband. And now the husband is 36, which is how old she was when they first got together and he was 13. And Natalie, oh. Natalie Portman goes to Savannah to study her because she's playing her in a movie. Oh, in, that's interesting. It is. The setup is great. The movie kind of petered out for me, oh, okay. unfortunately. But it was—I was really on board and really excited Wait, about it. She died, right, Mary Kay Letourneau? Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, they really were in love as fucked up as the whole thing was. Well, the movie—the movie actually handles, and the the writer was there uh, at NYFF to uh, give a little talk, and she said that she, it, it all came from thinking about his perspective and what that would be like, and the, that character goes through a little bit of a journey with it and thinks about things for the first time in the hmm. movie. So there is an emotional depth there and stuff. And I thought it was interesting to think about it that like, even though in the movie, he's like, yes, I totally chose this and I love her and blah, 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 blah. It's still kind of, there's still room to be like, although did I? Yeah. You know, that's a really good thing about it. But for the most part, I was kind of disappointed by it. Been kind of disappointed by stuff lately. Really? Mm. I feel like, um, I don't think it was magical. It wasn't. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. But it was fine. It It was good. It was fun enough. I feel like I didn't say anything good. I think that you did. I think we just didn't have any moments where we were like laughing so hard that we were going to die. Yeah. Well, try, try again. 
Yeah. Well, there's always sure the bonus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't like that, maybe you like, I mean, if you didn't like this, maybe you'll like that and maybe it'll be more of the same. <laughs> That's the thing about it. You never know. With us, you never know. With us, you never know. Patreon.com slash pot psychology, rate and review. Pipe dream is not fun. Okay. Bye. Bye. Right on time. You get closer and closer. Oh, my nine. There's no.